Oh, how could I, this friend, deny? He's been so good to us, hasn't he? How could we deny him by, by word or by deed? Uh, God help us not to do so. Let's take our Bibles tonight. We're going to continue our study in the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter number 11 is where we're at. Hebrews chapter number 11. Last Wednesday night we looked at, uh, we saw Joseph in verse number 22. And then tonight we're going to begin, really last week began, but from verse 22 to the end of the chapter is uh, probably my favorite part of the chapter. Now all of it is good. And all of it is encouraging for the Christian regarding the matter of faith. But verses 22 through 40, uh, it really gives us just practical truth for us even so many years later. And in verse number 23, we begin to speak about the man Moses. But in verse 23, uh, we are speaking about Moses and we are beginning the context or to center on the man Moses, but in verse number 23, the Bible speaks about his parents. So let's look at that one verse tonight. Let me ask you to do this. If you're physically able, if you'll stand with me, we're just going to read one verse. We'll allow the children to be dismissed. Children can be dismissed to kids club. Hebrews chapter number 11, and let's read verse number 23. The Bible says, by faith, Moses. Now, it mentions Moses. But it says, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents. This verse is about his parents. But they're not even mentioned, are they? By name. Now, they're mentioned because it's speaking about his parents. It says, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child, and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. And so tonight, for a few moments, if we could, I'd like to preach on this subject, Invisible Parents with an Invincible Purpose. Invisible Parents with an Invincible Purpose. You might be here tonight and say, Oop, I'm not a parent, so I don't even have to listen tonight. Listen, verse number 23, the truths that we're going to see tonight are for for absolutely every single one of us tonight. Invisible parents with an invincible purpose. God, help us tonight. Teach us. Remind us. And Father, I pray that you'd laid hold upon our hearts tonight. And Father, I pray that you'd remind us of the great task and the great responsibility that you have given to parents, yes, but to every single Christian, whether they are a parent a grandparent, whether they're a teenager tonight, a child tonight, Father, we have an invincible purpose. You have given us a purpose tonight, and may we see that clearly tonight. May your word come forth with clarity tonight. And Father, may you stir our hearts regarding this matter. And we'll thank you and praise you for what you'll do. Lord, I pray for Miss Kathy as she's with the children tonight. Father, I pray that this will be just one more opportunity to place the Word of God into their hearts tonight. And we'll thank you for what you'll do in these next few moments. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Their names aren't mentioned here in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 23. They're simply referred to as His parents, as the parents of Moses. And they're only mentioned together twice in all of the Scriptures. In the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter number 6 and verse number 20, 
And then again in Numbers chapter 26, verse number 59. Exodus chapter 6 and verse 20. And Numbers chapter 26, verse number 59. The nominal Christian has no idea who the parents of Moses are, but he knows who Moses is. Right? He knows who Moses is. Amram and Jochebed had a high and holy calling to rear a child for God's honor and for God's glory. By the way, the name Amram, it means people of the highest. The name Jochebed, Moses' mom, her name means Jehovah is glory. He was going, Moses was going to deliver his people. Did they know that? Did Amram and Jochebed know that? I believe they did. I believe based upon Exodus chapter number 2 and verse number 2 and Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 23 when the Bible uses the two words good and proper, goodly child in Exodus chapter number 2, Hebrews 11 verse 23, the word proper is used. I believe with all of my heart that they knew that Moses was different. I believe with all my heart that they knew that maybe this is the one that's going to deliver God's people from Egypt. But they did know this. They knew that he was different. And by the way, we have been given a high and holy calling to influence and impact other generations for the glory of God. We have been given a high and holy calling to have faith in God's Word. What does it matter tonight... If anyone knows our names, it doesn't. It doesn't matter if no one ever knows who we are. But here's what does matter. If everyone that we come into contact with knows who our God is. That's what matters. It doesn't matter if they know our names. It doesn't matter if they know where Gates, Tennessee is. That doesn't matter. But what does matter is that they know our God. Invisible parents with an invis- excuse me, invincible purpose. So what was the invincible purpose? Was it to raise the deliverer? And I submit to us tonight, oh, no, 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 no. That was a byproduct. The invincible purpose was to trust God and to live by faith. Because we might be in here tonight and we say, well, I, I, I'm not going to raise a Moses. By the way, how do you know that? You may, you're not going to deliver a child that's going to, or raise a child that's going to deliver Israel out of Egypt. That's already been done. But how do you know that God hasn't given in your home maybe a young man or even a young lady who might one day turn the world upside down? You see, we don't know. So the invincible purpose wasn't to raise and rear and train the one who was going to deliver Egypt. The invincible purpose was to trust God. It was to live by faith. Because God was not going to allow Moses to be killed. Moses was the man and God knew that. And God was not going to allow him like all of the other little boys there in Egypt. All the other little Hebrew boys were being murdered and slain. God wasn't going to allow that to happen. The invincible purpose was for Amram and Jochebed to trust God. 
And I want to give you tonight, I want to give you tr- three truths about this couple, about these two parents tonight from Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 23 that really ought to characterize our lives as well. So let me give you number one tonight and we'll develop these a little bit. I want us to see first of all that their courage, and when I say their, I'm talking about Amram and Jochebed. I'm talking about these two parents that are mentioned, even though their names aren't mentioned in Hebrews 11, 23. Amram and Jochebed, their courage conquered Pharaoh's command. Their courage conquered Pharaoh's command. Take your Bibles, if you would, and go back to the book of Exodus. And we'll, we'll be a little bit, actually we'll be quite a bit here in the book of Exodus tonight. Exodus chapter number 1. Their courage conquered Pharaoh's command. And by the way, we're going to see it here in just a moment. We're going to read it. But Pharaoh's command came because of his fear. Pharaoh's command came because he was afraid of the nation of Israel. He was afraid of what they were becoming and what they could become. But their courage, Amram and Jochebed, conquered Pharaoh's command. By the way, again, let's, let, let's, let's revisit again tonight. What does the word courage mean? What is courage? Faith in God's promises. Faith in God's promises. Their courage conquered Pharaoh's command. Look in Exodus chapter number 1. And we'll begin reading in verse number 7. The Bible says, And the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and waxed exceeding mighty. By the way, who knew that that was going to happen? Just talked about him last week. Joseph! Joseph knew that God was going to increase and multiply the nation of Israel. That's why he said, look, when God visits you and He takes you back to the promised land and He takes you out of here, out of Egypt, take my bones with you. And the Bible says that they're increasing and they're, they're multiplying. And he says, waxed exceeding mighty. And the land was filled with them. Now there arose up a new king over Egypt which knew not Joseph. And he said unto his people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come on, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply and it come to pass that when there falleth out any war, they join also unto our enemies and fight against us, and so get them up out of the land. Therefore they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens. And they built for Pharaoh treasure cities, Pithom and Ramses. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. By the way, that happened in the book of Acts too. The more they persecuted the church, the more they spread out, and the more they grew. And the Bible says here that the more they were afflicted, the more they multiplied and grew. And they were, what's the word there? And they were grieved because of the children of Israel. And the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor. And they made their lives bitter with hard bondage in mortar and in brick and in all manner of service in the field. All their service, wherein they made them serve, was with rigor. And the king of Egypt spake to the Hebrew midwives, and here here we're coming to the command. The Bible says, The king of Egypt spake to the Hebrew midwives, of which the name of the one was Shifra, and the name of the other Pua. And he said, When you do the office of a midwife to the Hebrew women, and see them upon the stools, if it be a son, then you shall kill him. But if it be a daughter, then she shall live. Their courage conquered Pharaoh's command. Look down at chapter number 2 if you would. First of all tonight, they trusted God 
We already saw this in verse number 23 of Hebrews 11. They trusted God. They had courage. They trusted God when they hid Moses. Look at Exodus chapter number 2. When they hid Moses. And there went a man, verse number 1 of chapter 2, of the house of Levi, and took to wife a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son. When she saw him, that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. They trusted God when they hid Moses. Can you imagine that three months? Can you imagine the... I don't know if they were stressed. This was Amram and Jochebed, but we know how we are as parents and we know how babies act those first three months. They're probably trying to quiet him for that first three months. Make sure his, make sure his diapers are changed. Make sure he's not wet. Make sure he's not dirty. Make, make sure he's not uncomfortable. We want him to cry as little as possible. They're hiding a baby that Pharaoh wanted to kill. They trusted God when they hid Moses. But secondly, they trusted God when they laid Moses. Look what the Bible says in verse number 3. And when she could not longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it. We're not going to talk about the picture tonight of the ark, but she took an ark, or excuse me, and she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child there. And then notice this, and she laid it in the flags by the river's brink. Can't hide him anymore. I, 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 I can't keep him quiet. I, I, I don't know what the, the reason was that after three months she said, I can't hide him anymore. But after three months, something happened. There's no way I can hide him anymore. She says, Lord, you're going to have to take care of him. And she laid him. She put him in an ark, pitched within and without And she laid that ark, the Bible says, in the bulrushes. By the way, not knowing what's going to happen to him. Can I say this tonight just by way of application? Parents, tonight we can do everything we're supposed to and we should. But the truth is we have to trust God. Parents, we ought to do everything the Bible says as far as rearing and training our children... But ultimately, it's not all about us. Ultimately, it's God Almighty, His hand upon our children. And we must pray for that and we must ask for that. And we must ask for God's grace and God's mercy upon our children. Because here's the truth tonight. We're imperfect parents. And as best we can try, it's still imperfect. And we're going to fail. Hey, by the way, teenagers tonight, you ought to remember that. Sometimes teenagers have greater expectations for mom and dad than they have from them, for themselves. I agree, mom and dad ought to live right, ought to act right, ought to be genuine, ought not be hypocritical, but they're not perfect. And teenager, neither are you. And so to set your parents up to fail and to set your parents up and say, oh, they slipped up one time, I don't have to listen to what they say. That's disingenuous. And by the way, that's disobedient. Because the Bible doesn't give you an out. The Bible says children obey your parents. It doesn't say whether they do right, whether they're hypocrite or not. Children obey your parents in the Lord. Honor thy father and thy mother. 
They trusted God when they hid Moses. They trusted God when they laid Moses in that river's brink. Thirdly, they trusted God when they nursed Moses. Verse number 4. The Bible says, And his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. The daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river, and her maidens walked along by the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she opened it, she saw the child. And behold, the babe did what? What did the babe do? Wept. Can you imagine Miriam off to the side? Miriam's watching. Jochebed sent Miriam to watch what was going to happen. The basket is open. And the Bible says the babe wept. No, 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 don't cry. Don't cry. But God Almighty, in His providence and His understanding, what tugs at the heartstring of anyone is the cry of a child. What would have been the natural thing for Pharaoh's daughter to do? What would have been the natural thing? There you go. The natural thing for that Pharaoh's daughter, when I say natural, I'm, I'm speaking about based on who she was, based on who her father is, and based on the, de- the declaration, the dictate from her dad. What was the dictate from her dad? Kill them all. All the little boys. The natural reaction would have been to take Moses and push his head under the water. Right? Hey, Father, they thought they were going to be slick. They thought they had saved one. But hey, Dad, I took care of him for you. That would have been the natural thing for her to do. But God doesn't work in the natural, does He? He works in the supernatural. That baby cried at just the right moment. And she took the baby back. Takes him to the palace. And actually, the Bible says in verse number, the latter part of verse 6, it says, And behold, the babe wept, excuse me, wept, and she had what? Compassion. Wasn't natural for an Egyptian to have compassion on a Hebrew. That wasn't natural. But the Bible says she had compassion on him and said, this is one of the Hebrew's children. It wasn't because she didn't know what it was. It wasn't because she didn't know that this was a Hebrew child. She knew it. The Bible says she had compassion. Then said his sister, Miriam, Miriam's off watching everything that's happening. Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Miriam understands. Look, she's not doing what what we thought she would do. She's not killing him. She's not dunking him under the water. She's not throwing him to the crocodiles. No, no, no. Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women that she may nurse the child for thee? That is supernatural. That is God working on behalf of His people. And by the way, on behalf of a mom and a dad who had faith. 
The Bible says in Hebrews 11.23 that they were not afraid of the king's commandment. Their courage conquered the command. They trusted when they hit him. They trusted him when they laid him in the river's brink. They trusted when they nursed him. They trusted when they released him. The Bible says in verse number 8, Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. Can you imagine Miriam running back home? Mom, Mom, let me tell you what happened. We don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us. But, but, but maybe Jochebed's back home and maybe she's weeping because she knows what's going to happen to her little boy and, and she's distraught. Miriam comes running in. Mom, guess what happened? Not only did they not kill him, they want you to raise him. They want you to nurse him. Verse number 10, the Bible says, And the child grew. She brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter. There came a, t- excuse me, a day when she had to bring him back, when she had to release him back. The Bible says, And the child grew, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She called his name Moses, and she said, Because I drew him out of the water. Number one, their courage conquered Pharaoh's command. They trusted God when they hid Moses, when they laid Moses, when they nursed Moses, and when they released Moses. By the way, have you ever thought about this? That the very one who would bring Egypt to his knees or to its knees was raised in the palace on Pharaoh's dime. Pharaoh paid to raise the very one who would bring Egypt to its knees. Think about that one. That's how God works. By the way, that's how He can work. When someone simply demonstrates and exercises faith in an almighty God. God, I know what Pharaoh has commanded, but I'm not going to be afraid of Pharaoh because there's something goodly about this child. There's something proper about this child. I'm not going to allow them to kill this little one. God protected him. By the way, can I submit to us tonight, that's exactly what the world would love to do with your children tonight. Oh, they may not want to take them as soon as they're born. Actually, they do. But they may not take your children as soon as they're born and throw them to the crocodiles in the Nile River. But they sure desire to deceive and to fill your children with philosophies and thoughts. They're going to take them completely away from the truth of God's Word. By the way, they do desire to kill our children even before they're born and even after they're born, don't they? But number one tonight, their courage conquered Pharaoh's command. Number two tonight, hey parent, let me ask you before we move on to number two, 
How well are you demonstrating courage tonight? Well, you know, the world says we ought not do this, and the world says we ought not discipline this way, and the world says that we're, um, we're um, brainwashing our children if we teach them the Word of God, and the world says this, and the government says this, and the government doesn't want us to do this. And Who are you going to listen to? Who are you afraid of tonight? Who are you going to trust tonight? Where's our courage tonight? Their courage conquered Pharaoh's command. Number two, take your Bibles and go back to Hebrews 11 if you would. Number two, their truth, their truth transcended Egypt's treasures. Their truth transcended Egypt's treasures. Invisible parents, nobody knew who they were. Very few people today know who they are, even though their names are mentioned in the, in the Scriptures, but only a couple of times. Invisible parents with an invincible purpose. Their courage conquered Pharaoh's command, kill all the little boys. No, no, no. We're not going to be afraid of the king's command. Their truth transcended Egypt's treasures. We don't know in Exodus chapter number 2 it speaks, speaks about the fact in verse 10 that he grew. We don't know how old he was when he had to go back to the palace. The Bible doesn't tell us that specifically. We don't know. How, how, at what age was the child weaned? We don't know. But here's what happened. Here's what happened the whole time that Jacob, or excuse me, that Jochebed and Amram had Moses. You know what they're doing? When he's able to understand, what are they doing? They're teaching him. They're training him the Word of God. Jochebed, Jehovah is glory. They're teaching him about Jehovah. Pastor, how do you know that? Because of what he does in Hebrews 11. That doesn't happen without someone teaching him. And so whatever time that they're nursing him and whatever time that, that, that they had him back after they laid him in the river's brink, they took every moment, they made, they made full use, they redeemed the time that they had with Moses because they understood there's going to come a moment when he's gone. There's going to come a moment when he's going to the palace, Pharaoh's palace. We understand that. We can't waste a moment. Parents tonight, adults tonight, Sunday school teachers tonight, master club teachers tonight. Listen, we don't meet here on Sundays and Wednesday nights just to have a party and just to entertain kids and just to babysit. We meet here to give them the Word of God because time is running out. You may have your children 18, 20, 22 years. I'm going to tell you what, it goes like that. And then what you've done, you hoped you've done enough and you pray for God's mercy and grace. Can't waste time, can we? Look, I want our kids to have fun. We have fun in Master Club and, and, and we have fun with VBS and T-Warrant and all that stuff. But listen, we're not here to waste time. We're, we're not here to babysit and see how much fun we can let the kids have. They need the Word of God placed in their hearts. That's what Miss Kathy's doing right now with our children is placing the Word of God one more time into their hearts. Their truth, Amram and Jochebed's truth, transcended Egypt's treasures. Look what the Bible says here in verse number 24. 
we've spoken about this and we preached about this for, for numerous weeks. We, we spoke about generational hope. Psalm 78 verse number 7, it says that they might set their hope in God. Look, we have to give our children enough truth. We have to give them the truth of God's Word that so one day when they set out on their own and when they begin to make their own decisions, they're not going to be enamored with the shiny things of this world. They're going to be enamored with the truth of God's Word. They're going to stick with the truth of God's Word. They're not going to be deceived by the the devil and and his craft and and all the the, the shiny accessories that he has. They're going to be anchored in the truth of God's Word. And here's Moses. We don't know how long he was at home, but when he turns 40 years old, he has a decision to make. Do I want to stay in the palace? what does he do? He chooses God. He chooses Jehovah. Look at verse number 24. Verse 23, we're talking about it. We're speaking about his parents. Verse 24, we begin to speak about Moses. By faith, Moses. By faith. Courage. Faith in God's promises. Faith in what mom and dad taught him for that short period of time that he had. Faith in what Amram and Jochebed put into him. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches, notice this, than the what? Treasures. In Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. That tells me mom and dad didn't waste a minute. That tells me Amram and Jochebed, as soon as they understood that he understood, they're putting everything they can, the truth, the stories, uh, God's, they're putting everything they can into him. Because they know when he gets to the palace, he's going to be bombarded with the things of the world. He's going to be bombarded with the the wealth and the treasures. He's going to be bombarded with the pleasures. He's going to be bombarded with the position that he has of being Pharaoh's grandson. Their truth transcended Egypt's treasures. Two things real quickly. Moses refused the earthly and he respected the eternal. He refused the earthly. He respected the eternal. We'll say much more about that, Lord willing, whenever we come back to verse 24, either Sunday or next Wednesday night. Moses refused the earthly and he respected the eternal. And notice this. I don't want to go deep on this because we'll come to it. But in verse 26, he said, esteeming the what? Reproach of who? Christ. Has Christ come yet? The reproach of Christ. Greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. Now by the way, mom and dad tonight, it can't just be telling them 
Hey, God's truth is better than the treasures of this world. The Word of God, the truth of God's Word is better than the things of this world. Okay, they need to be told that. But they need to be shown it. Hey, don't tell your kids that God's Word is greater than the riches of this world and then lay out of church on Sunday for some earthly activity that has no eternal value. Don't do it. The Word of God is greater than anything this world can provide. But hey, we're going to the lake this Sunday. What have you just told them? I'm not trying to be mean tonight whatsoever. I'm trying to help us to understand how big of a responsibility we have. But what have we just told them? Well, mom and dad said that God's word and the things of God are are more important than the things of the world, but the first opportunity we get, we we skip church. The first opportunity we get, we, we don't go to things at church. The first opportunity we get, we don't read God's word. The first opportunity we get, we don't pray. You see, it's got to be much more than just telling them. It's got to be showing them. So much more is caught than taught. That's true. The Bible declares over and over we need to teach, but one of the greatest ways we teach is by showing. Hey kids, don't you use those words! And then they hear mom and dad using those words. You've just lost your position of authority. You've just lost your you've lost any position to have any influence because they, they hear one thing and they see another. That's real quiet. I'm not trying to hurt us tonight. I'm trying to help us. Because this happens way too much. And it has hurt generations of church kids. You know what church kids want to see? They want to see some genuine adults. They want to see some adults who live what they say they believe. And moms and dads, your kids live with you all the time. And so they see everything. It's not about just telling, it's about showing. Well, pastor, are you perfect? Absolutely not. I'm ashamed of the times I've told my kids to act a certain way and then I act a different way. I tell my kids, don't, 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 hey, don't you lash out like that. Don't you have a bad attitude. Don't, don't let circumstances determine your attitude and then some bad circumstance comes and my attitude isn't what it ought to be. You see what I'm saying? I'm not showing them what I'm trying to teach them. Moses refused the earthly. He respected the eternal. Why? Because their truth, Amram and Jacobed's truth, transcended Egypt's treasures. Our children need to understand that serving God is better than having whatever the nicest vehicles, the nicest home, the nicest whatever. Is anything wrong with those? Anything wrong with having a nice vehicle? Because here's the truth. Most of us in here tonight probably do. Anything wrong with that? I don't believe so. But it is if that's what I live for. And it is if that's what I teach my children to live for. I want my kids to have a name. Why? You ought to want your God to be the one who is exalted. Not us. 
not our children. Number one, their courage conquered Pharaoh's command. Number two, their truth transcended Egypt's treasures. And then thirdly tonight, their heritage has been heard throughout all of history. Their heritage has been heard throughout all of history. Moses is the one that delivered the nation of Israel. Aaron, he's the priest. Miriam, she's the singer. The Bible was penned, the first five books of the Bible. Miracles were wrought, a nation was delivered. And people today know who Moses is. May not know who Aaron and Miriam are per se, but they know who Moses is. They know who Amram and Jochebed? Y'all do, but most Christians don't. Who, who, who was Moses' parents? Who was his mom? Who was his dad? I don't know. I don't think the Bible... By the way, I was listening to a preacher a couple weeks ago, a preacher I really enjoy, and he made the statement. He said, he said Moses' parents are not mentioned in the Bible. I was like, oh, you missed that one. Now, by the way, I, 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 I need to be careful about that because I miss a lot of things. I was like, oh, you missed that one because it's in there. And boy, it's good. Amram and Jochebed. Their heritage was heard and has been heard and will continue to be heard throughout all of history. Why? Because two indivisible, excuse me, invisible parents had an invincible purpose. Oh, to raise Moses so he could deliver the nation of Israel. No, that was a byproduct but to have faith in God, to trust God. What does Hebrews 11 verse 23 say? By what? Faith. Now it says Moses. By faith Moses. By faith Moses was hid. Who did the faith in verse 23? Mom and dad did. The parents did. By faith Moses was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandments whether you have kids in here tonight whether your kids are grown whether you've never had kids but if you're here in this church we have all of us we have kids we can influence in your vicinity in your family we have the next generation that we can influence in our church We have generations that can be influenced. One generation can influence the next, and the next influences the next, and the next influences the next. Everything is generational. That's the way God talks about it. it, it, It's replete throughout the Scriptures. Everything is generational. And if we lose a generation, we've lost the impact that we can have on our community, on our world. Look, I'm not, God hasn't called me to a certain country. He's called me right here. Now, He has called us as a church to send missionaries. But He hasn't called me to uh, another country. He's called me right here. This is where I am to influence. And by the way, I'm not just to influence right here. I'm to influence out there. Too many times we look good in here and we don't look so good out there. God's called me to influence right here. God's called me to influence three in my family and I'm running out of that time. 
He's given us a purpose. But I'll tell you what, I'm not running out. I'm not running out of kids to still influence right here. And by the way, as long as I live and as long as my kids live, I will continue to influence them. They get married and have kids, I'll still have opportunity to influence them and the, and the grandkids. Invisible parents. People may never know your name, and that's okay. It ought to be okay with you. I want to make a name for myself. How about we make a name for our God? I want people to know who I am. How about we want people to know who our God is? Not who our favorite athlete is. Not who our favorite entertainer is. Not who our favorite politician is. But who our God is. That's what this world needs. Oh, that's what our kids need. We want to have another generation that's going to stand and fight for the truth of God's Word. We better do it now. We better do it while they're little. We better do it while we have opportunity to nurse and train and rear. We better do it then. Their courage conquered Pharaoh's command. Their truth transcended Egypt's treasures. I'll tell you what, tonight I want our kids, not just my three, but I want our kids to never sell the truth for anything. Somebody offers them $10 million, they'll never sell the truth. Somebody offers them to, to, to cut in this area or, or trim in this area, they say, nope, I'm never cutting anything, I'm never trimming anything. If it's the truth, it's the truth. You don't have enough money to buy it. Amen and amen and amen. That ought to be the way our kids think when they leave our home. Truth is non-negotiable. Buy the truth and sell it not, the Bible says, doesn't it? Their truth transcended Egypt's treasures and their heritage has been heard throughout all of history. What does it really matter in the scope of history if our, excuse me, if our children can shoot a basketball or hit a baseball or throw a football? What will truly matter is if our children prove to their generation that there is a God in heaven. Father, we love you tonight. Thank you for your word. Thank you for these examples. Amram and Jochebed, two parents, very little known, but truthfully very well known because of their heritage, because of their children, because of their faith. Father, may you help us tonight as members, as adults, as teenagers, Maranatha Baptist Church, Lord, I pray that you help our teenagers to understand tonight that there are little eyes watching them. There are little eyes looking up to them and saying, boy, I, hope, I, I want to be like him. May every single one of us tonight, adult, teenager, young person alike, Father, may we be reminded, and I pray we have been reminded that the example that we want to set is the example of faith. It's the example of trust. It's the example of courage. Father, help us. Every single one of us need that on a daily basis. Father, we're, we are an imperfect, frail people. Father, we need your power. We need your grace. We need to have faith in your word. May you help us to do that on a daily basis. Father, Pray that you'd be with us during our prayer time. Lord, hear us, answer us. Lord, we know you want to. It's your desire. 
Lord, I pray that we would come to you tonight with genuine hearts, with hearts that are right with you, sin taken care of and confessed, and wholly right with you tonight. May you hear us and answer us tonight. And Father, we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Let me ask you to do this just real quickly. I'm going to ask Miss Pam to come to the piano. Let's stand to our feet with heads bowed and eyes closed. The message tonight, maybe the Holy Spirit worked in your heart. Maybe a mom and a dad in here tonight. Maybe a, maybe a teacher, maybe a Sunday school teacher. Maybe a master club teacher getting ready to head back in to master club in just a few weeks. And in your heart you would say, you know, I, maybe toward the end of last year in master club I kind of loafed a little bit. and Boy, it didn't use the time the way that I should might be an adult tonight that would need to bend the knee, bend the heart first and bend the knee and say, Lord, help me to realize I have an invincible purpose. You've given me a great purpose. Father, help me not to fail. Father, help me to have courage that conquers this world's commands. Father, help me to give the truth that transcends any treasure that this world could ever offer. So, Father, that we can leave at Maranatha Baptist Church, we can leave a heritage that will be heard throughout all history. Amen. We've already prayed tonight, and so we are dismissed. But let me encourage you, if you can, stay and let's pray. If you want to stay and just pray with your family or or maybe some men and some ladies. But we're dismissed, but I want to encourage you to stay and pray tonight, okay?